I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 6. You have your version uh, app on your phone or device. Please feel free to look there for the event and find some things available for you there. Luke chapter 6, verses 17 to 26. Uh, before we get by your looking, I just want to share with you some, uh, well, there, there, you've heard of dad jokes. There are some that are even worse, possibly, than dad jokes. They're called pastor jokes. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, so here comes some good news, bad news, pastor jokes. Good news, you baptized seven people in the river. Bad news, you lost two of them in the current. <laughs> good news. After 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 you've been in the hospital for a week, good news, Pastor. After being in the hospital for a week, the women's group voted to send you a get well card. Bad news, the vote passed thirty-one to thirty. <laughs> It only takes one. <laughs> That's right. Right. Good news. The board agreed to your proposed new job description the way you wrote it. Bad news. They formed a search committee to find somebody to fill that position. Oh. Ah, good news. You finally found a choir director that approaches things the same way you do. Bad news. The choir revolted at <laughs> Good news, your women's softball team finally won a game. Bad news, it was against the men's softball team. Good news, there, you know, some of you are going, how much longer? There's just a few. Good news, church attendance rose dramatically in the last three weeks. Bad news, you were on vacation. <laughs> Good news, your church board wants to send you to the Holy Land. Bad news, they're waiting for the next war. Oh. Ouch, that's not nice, I heard you. Okay, here, this is the last one, honest. Good news, the youth in your church came to your house for a surprise visit. <laughs> Bad news, it was in the middle of the night and they were armed with toilet paper and shaving cream to decorate your house. Whoa, yeah, okay. Good times. Good times, yeah. Gina, oh, never mind. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to refrain from picking on you a whole lot more than I already have. Uh, so, Luke chapter 16, verses 17 uh, through 26. Uh, then, that's the way verse 17 starts, then. Well, whenever it says then, I want to go, like, when? <coughs> so, a quick glance back to the verses before. Jesus has spent uh, the entire night in prayer. He's called his disciples all around him, and he's appointed 12 of them to be his apostles. And just in case, sometimes I think we don't remember this, one of those apostles was a guy named Judas Iscariot. 
That's a whole other sermon, isn't it? Okay, we're good. Okay, so then, after he's called his disciples together, spent a night in prayer, chosen the 12 apostles, he came down from this mountain of prayer and stood on the level place, and a large number of his disciples had gathered, along with a vast multitude from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the seacoast of Sidon, and Tyre and Sidon. Oh, Here we go. Here's a map. This, so, Jesus, most of his ministry is here in this area of Galilee. Uh, in fact, there's Capernaum, where he uh, lived. Uh, here's Tyre. Sidon was right close to it. And Jerusalem is down here. This is the country of Judah. Judea. So people had gathered from the south and the north into this area to hear and meet with Jesus. They came to hear him, it tells us, and to be healed from all their diseases. And those who suffered from unclean spirits were cured. The whole crowd was trying to touch him because power was coming out from him and healing them all. There's a whole other sermon there. If you have a chance this week, if you please take the time to read the Gospel of Luke. And just make a list of all the times he talks about how God's power was coming out of Jesus. It's, it's, a, it's, not, it's not a big thing, but it's, it's a theme that he has. Okay, verse 20. Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God belongs to you. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, and insult you, and reject you as evil on the account of the Son of Man. Rejoice. What? Yeah, that's what he said. Rejoice in that day and jump for joy. For some of us, that would be easier than for others. Uh, for, for me, going up is not going to be the problem. It's what's going to happen when the feet back, come back down to the ground, whether or not the legs will hold, right? Okay, but Jesus says, when everybody excludes you, insults you, rejects you because of the Son of Man, because of Jesus, rejoice and jump for joy. Don't just go, because your reward is great in heaven. For your ancestors did the same thing to the prophets. But, Woe to you who are rich, for you have received your comfort already. 
Woe to you who are well satisfied with food now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for their ancestors did the same things for the false prophets. So there are blessings and woes. Good news and bad news. But the good news seems to go to all the wrong people. Did you notice that? Good news, poor people. Good news, hungry people. Good news, weeping people. Good news, hating people. In fact, if they are hating you because of me, throw a party. And I'm going to say it out loud, and I'm going to say it right here, I'm going to say it right now. This is one of the problems we have in the North American, U.S. American church. We are scared to death that they're going to take away our rights. If they do, we need to throw a party. <coughs> That's what Jesus said. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to do everything I can to make that happen. But there's no reason for us to be running around scared. The best things happen to the church when the world tries to stomp it out. And the worst things happen to the church when everybody thinks it's great. It's just the way it is. What Jesus says. That's what history says. So here's, here, here's the sermon in a sentence. Uh, the good news in our nation, the way we think things ought to go, the good news in our nation may actually be bad news in God's kingdom. We are a rich nation. All of us immediately said, well, I don't have as much money as... Well, of course you don't. Well, you've got way more than like 80% of the world's population. Even the poorest of the poor in our country are richer than most people in this world. We are a rich nation. And did you hear what Jesus said to us? Mm -hmm. Woe to you who are rich now. you said? Woe to you. Whoa. Woe to you who are well fed. Yes, I am. <coughs> Woe to you who laugh. Yes, I do. So how can finances, food, fun, and fame be bad news? Those are the things that we as a society value the highest. Have you ever noticed? If you don't, haven't noticed it before, I want to encourage you to notice it from now on. When we run into a problem, the first thing we do is throw money at it. 
there's a pandemic. Send everybody a check. We can't cure it, we can't treat it, but if they have $1,200, they won't complain when they get it. Yeah. Really? That's what we do. Why, why are we trillions and trillions of dollars in debt? Because we throw money at everything. And if we don't have it, we borrow it. That's not just true for the government. A few years ago, the average American family spent 105% of their income. Figure that out. 105% of your income means you're living on a credit card or a loan. We have a problem. We throw money at it. Or we throw food at it. Or we throw entertainment at it. We console ourselves because, well, at least I had, you know, 500 friends on Facebook. I don't know, like, three-fourths of them, but that's okay. I have all these friends that they like me. Because right now, all I'm doing is putting out pictures of nature because, well, that's about all you can get away with these days, right? <laughs> After I post today's message on my Facebook page, I'm sure I'm going to hear some stuff. How can, how can finances, food, fun, and fame be a problem? It's what we want in this nation. And here comes Jesus and says, well, if you've got it, you're blessed if you don't. See, it's amazingly easy. This is the problem. It is amazingly easy to trust Whatever makes you feel comfortable and secure. Especially if you can somehow get your hands on it or, or, or measure it. When, when your finances are good and when, when you have plenty of food and when you're having a good time and when people like you, Jesus can fairly easily slip from your mind. You, you can become, you, you don't stop believing in him. You don't stop trusting, you know, to, you know. You don't stop going to church. You don't stop reading your Bible. You don't stop praying before your meals. You know, but but if, you're, if, you, if your finances are okay and your food's plentiful and your friend, you're having a good time and your friends all like you, it's pretty easy just to go, everything's fine. And kind of forget Jesus. And that's the danger with finances and food and fun and fame. We can start trusting them and depending on them and not on Jesus. And when that happens, anything that threatens those things scares us. And we start to fight. In God's kingdom, in God's kingdom, it's different. Because see, in God's kingdom, from his perspective, anything that decreases 
your trust and dependence on Jesus has to go. Okay, I think I will. In God's kingdom, anything that decreases your trust and dependence on Jesus has to go. You may feel uncomfortable. No, I forget that. You will feel uncomfortable and insecure when you start giving these things to him. When you give your finances to Jesus, who knows what he's going to do with them. When you give your, 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 your physical comfort, your food, your, your clothes, your sleeping patterns, your, your, your everyday life, and you give that to Jesus, who knows what he's going to do with it? When you give your entertainment to him, who knows what he's going to tell you not to watch anymore? What he's going to encourage you to start reading? Who knows? And it's going to be uncomfortable, and you're going to feel insecure, and there are going to be people who don't like it. This is one of the things that 2020 has helped us all come to grips with. If you haven't done it already, here's the news flash for you in 2020. Somebody hates your guts. How do I know? Because you have an opinion about something, and it's not the one they agree with. And we have become a nation where we hate anybody who disagrees with us. And we sit here going, oh. We, we watched the debate. Some of you watched the debate. I didn't because I had a pretty good idea how it was going to go. And we look at this and we go, how can, how can two people running to be the president of the United States act like two little boys on the playground? Because we all act like little kids on the playground. Well, it, yeah, it's, but we're no better. See, that's the problem. That's what makes it even more embarrassing. They just get to be up on a stage, and we're lucky enough that nobody's following us around with a camera. Yeah. Although some of us put it out on Facebook. <laughs> and by the way, it's there forever, so you might want to be careful. Another reason to show nature pictures. <laughs> Even sometimes I get, I get, I've got, it's fun. I've actually gotten, I thought I'd share something really inspirational. It was really positive, and I've gotten people writing back on, so what do you mean by that? <laughs> I meant, you know, life's not going to end. You know, things are going to go, it's going to be okay. Well, that's not the way I took it. Yeah. <laughs> All right? It doesn't matter what you think or what your opinion is or what you're doing. Somebody's not going to like it and they're going to start calling you names. If you're going to follow Jesus, make sure they're calling you names because of Jesus and not because you're not acting like Jesus. Okay? Because if they start not liking you because you're following Jesus, have a party. It may just be you and Jesus. But you can dance around. Please don't put you know, Okay. Please don't put that on TikTok. That's all I'm saying. Uh, 
Some of you are going, what is he talking about? If you don't know what I'm talking about, you are wonderfully safe. Yeah. And sheltered and don't, don't feel bad about it at all. Do not feel bad about it at all. In God's kingdom, our priorities are turned on their head. In, in God's kingdom, having, having a lot of finances and having a lot to eat and having, having a good time and having people say good things about you is the thing you don't want. Is he really saying that? I'm not saying go out and, and, and be stupid with your money because that's poor stewardship. First of all, it's not your money, it's God's money, and you better start treating it like it is. I have a whole sermon series on that one. In God's kingdom, our priorities are turned on their heads. Everything that our culture tells us is important, Jesus says, well, isn't yeah, you need some of that to live in this world. In fact, he tells us to pray for our daily bread. It's not like he wants us to go around hungry all the time. But he says to us, don't trust it. Don't put your trust in finances or food or fame or fun. Put your trust in me. It's better to be poor hungry, weeping, and hated because of Jesus than to be, have all that we search for and seek and want and not have Jesus. So, this morning, or today, yeah, I, I just want to give you two questions to discuss with your family and friends. Uh, for those who, who have the, the event, they're in the event, and for the rest of you, you try to hang on to this. Uh, when a problem pops up in your life, what's the first thing you ask God for? Mm. No, I'm not going to give you, this, this is something, this is a homework assignment. Call somebody, you know, get them on the phone, uh, Maybe it's at home over dinner, over a meal, instead of watching TV, maybe you can talk about these things. What's the first thing you ask for? When a problem pops up in your life, what's the first thing you ask God to do? Take it away. I'm going to talk to your wife about that one. That probably didn't sound like way I meant it. Anyway, I, I was just saying, please, let's not talk about these things out loud right now. Talk about it with someone else. Uh, especially since I just met the guy. You know? <laughs> okay, so uh, the second question is, what motivates you to ask for that? So the first question is, when a problem pops up in your life, what's the first thing you ask God to do? And then the second question is, what motivates you to ask for that? I'm going to repeat them one more time in case somebody's trying to write them down. When a problem pops up in your life, what's the first thing you ask God for? Or what do you ask him to do? And two, what motivates you to pray for that? Mm. I really, 
I, I know uh, it may seem odd that pastors give me a homework, but if we're, it's one thing to to gather and hear Jesus' words about good news and bad news. It's another one to sit down and look at my life and go from God's perspective, from Jesus' perspective about this. What? What am I doing? Well, uh, I'm going to, uh, uh, we're going to shift gears here a little bit to pray for Mike and Hannah and David and Elena um, before the end of the service here. Uh, some of you may, may be aware of this, and, and if you, you're not sure what it's all about, uh, I'll, I'll explain this real quick. Uh, God wired Mike to start things, start churches, many churches, it's a passion he's got, home church kind of thing. And in the last couple of years or so, as they've been members of our congregation, they've started G3 in Saginaw. G3 stands for Go, Gather, Grow. Right, Mike? Right. Okay, got them in the right order. We, you, we go into the world and find out exactly where it is we need help. We gather to get the help so we can grow and then go back out better prepared. If we're doing it right, we are never fully prepared. And the moment we think we are fully prepared, Mike and I would like to talk to you behind the bar. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's probably sounds violent. Uh, so what's that about? Well, this is what it's about. This coming Saturday, right? Mike and Hannah are moving to Fort Wayne, Indiana to start another G3. Um, now, if you have questions about how all that's going to work out, so do I. I'm still trying to figure all this stuff out. Uh, and so are they. That's the whole joy of this thing. Um, and David and Elena are going to be leading G3 in Saginaw, leading and hosting it, right? Okay. And so this morning I wanted us to pray for them, both Mike and Hannah and David and Melina. Um, pre COVID, we all gathered up here and laid hands on everybody. We all stood there breathing each other's breath and didn't think about a thing. Uh, now we know there's germs everywhere. Some of them might be, you know, bad for us. So I'm going to ask them. I knew I, I told you I was going to need this. I'm going to ask the, the uh, Mike and Hannah and David and Elena to come and stand right here. Their family, they can stand next to each other. I'm putting my shield back on. Now I'm going to ask you to simply extend your hands toward them, okay? This is the. Uh, physical distancing equivalent of laying hands on it, on that. 
We're going to pray for Mike and Hannah because they're launching something wild and crazy and brand new. There you go. And then we're going to pray for, for David and Alina as they're leading the room this Okay? Holy Spirit. Nothing is accomplished in this world that is of eternal significance unless you work in and through your people. Thank you for the vision you've given Mike and Hannah, the passion and the burden for a news work in Portland. There are thousands of people in that town who need to know Jesus. Help them find some. Help them bring them into the kingdom. In Jesus' name. Pray that you go, continue to go before them to provide and prepare everything that's needed. I pray for David and Alina as they continue to work the G3 inside them. That you will bless them and strengthen them. That you will provide for them and prepare them, that they will continue helping people know Jesus. Give G3 in Saginaw and in Fort Wayne fruit, lots of fruit that lasts. Yes. Because it is powered by your love and your grace. So, uh, author Henry Nowen wrote these words. He said, We seldom realize that we are sent to fulfill God given tasks. We act as if we're simply dropped down into the world to decide how to entertain ourselves until we die. But we were sent into the world by God, just as Jesus was. Once we start living our lives like that, with that conviction, we will soon know what we were sent to do. And the Spirit will help us, I will add, and the Spirit will help us get it done. <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this worship celebration is over. But our God-given task and our work is just begun. You are sent. Go with Jesus. <coughs> Thank you. 